All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Watch Well Podcast. Um, I'm Parker, and this is my co-host, Nick. Nick, how was your week? Great week. We've had a a long break. This will be our first long episode break. posted since November. Yeah, it's a long, been a long break. Yeah, New year. Yeah, had a great um, new year. Rest and recharge. Back at it for another year. Yeah. Do you do the New Year's resolution thing or no? I have before. One year I had a resolution to read a book a month, every month, and then ended up not not getting there. I read like five books in the first month of January, like in the <laughs> month of January, and then didn't read any more books the rest of the year. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not a resolution guy. Um, so, yeah, what about you? Uh, I, I'm a low-key resolution guy. I kind of keep them to myself just so I can have the, like, the... I don't like to vocalize it all. Um, so you're, you're a goal setter. Yeah, yeah. That's a little yeah. different. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like the, like, the, the... I don't even know the lack of a better term. Like, it's almost like a cliché. I don't like the cliche of it. So, yeah, we just got year go- uh, yearly goals. I think that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but no, no like, resolutions or anything like that, I guess. Um, okay, so uh, if you guys are watching, uh, we're glad to be back. It is a new year. Uh, the first movie review of 2024 is going to be Nefarious. Um, it's a newer movie. Um, we actually, fun fact, had this recorded um and we were going to release it back in october of 2023 but due to some technical difficulties we weren't able to so we get a halloween type movie um at the beginning of the year in january and then we'll do another halloween movie uh october 2024 um so nick this fills the gap for what's coming right we got some good stuff coming so this is kind of a gap filler lots of good stuff uh in the works here so, Nick, why don't we uh, talk about the parental advisory and the plot for a little bit, and then we'll get into the movie. Yeah, so Nefarious is rated R, and um, even though it's rated R, it's kind of um, intense. There's intense situations and things that people might, if, if you're sensitive to that, to that kind of thing, kind of, it's not very scary. I, at least I didn't think so, but there are some very high tense situation so if you're sensitive to that you might not want to watch it at a young age but um you know we actually he ended up not but we and in, we invited our son to watch it um and he's 15 um so you know i wouldn't have any problem with that even though it's rated r there's no profanity there's no nudity at least that i could no profanity that i could remember and i don't i don't think there is and there's no nudity or anything like that in it there's just very tense situations so um in that sense i would say it's fine for just about any any teenager i don't know about a 13 year old i mean depending on the 13 year old if they can handle those tense situations um and they have some maturity i would be okay with that yeah i would agree yeah because i I mean it's not like a normal it's not like saw or anything like that where there's a ton of gore and i mean it's not even like it's like that yeah it's not even and i didn't think it was which is it both are rated R. You know, it's yeah. so different, so very different movies, for sure. But I also wouldn't say. But this is also it's very scary. 
Yeah, just tense. It's more like jump scary. It's like coming out of like different places, you know, and it's like, ah, I gotcha, you know, or, you know, certain camera techniques and it's, you know, coming around a corner or whatever. It scares you. Coming out of a projector, like in the movie, you know. But then I would say Nefarious is more real life heavy topics that are scary when you grapple with the reality of the situation. Yeah, and I don't think it was... So it's definitely classified as a horror movie, a Christian horror movie. For those that don't know, this was um, supposedly... I don't don't know the specific production company or producers or anything, but supposedly a Christian production. And it's definitely a horror movie and classified as one. But I don't think it's a horror movie in the sense that it's trying to scare the audience. I think it's a horror movie in the sense that the main character is in an impossible situation. Like in a situation that they are terrified of. Even though the audience isn't scared of what's going on, the main character is in a situation that is absolutely terrifying. And so I think I would, it's I a would agree with in that. that sense. I would agree with that because the way the movie is filmed is as if you are the therapist going through the film. Right. It's yeah. it's it's you encountering everything as he's encountering everything. You're not yep. wa- it's, you're kind of watching it happen, but the way that things are being revealed, it's as if you could take his sh- like you could walk in his shoes. Mhm. So yeah, I think that that's probably where the intensity and maybe terror would come from because if this really happened that's you would you would be probably out of your out of your mind scared yeah so yeah. which um, he eventually gets to right so go ahead set up the plot for us so we have um nefarious i'm gonna get to him in a second or that name in a second but we have edward wayne brady who is a convicted murderer who is on the doorstep of the death penalty. And he is supposed to be reviewed for, he's claiming that he's demon-possessed and they want him to be, um, to be assessed by a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I don't know the exact credential of the doctor in the movie, um, but they, a therapist, um, whatever role he actually has. But they want him to be assessed and for whether or not he's fit to be um, put to death for the crimes that he committed. And so Dr. James Martin, who is the main therapist, the doctor um, in in the story, comes to the prison to sit in a room and talk to Edward Wayne Brady, who's claiming to be demon-possessed, and he's claiming to be possessed by a demon named Nefarious. And the demon then, in the story is the one who's constantly communicating with the therapist, not Edward Wayne Brady. And the demon claims um, responsibility for all of the crimes, but then furthermore, the demon tells, because Dr. James Martin is so um, skeptical, um, just absolutely denying that you know, this is true, he's you know, basically saying this is all, this is an act, um, that, he's not, that this man actually is not demon-possessed, demons aren't real, God's not real. None of this is real. That's the position of Dr. James Martin at the beginning of the movie. Um, but Nefarious tells that doctor that he will commit three murders 
by the time their conversation is done. And so that sets, sets the stage for the story as it plays out and what those three murders are. And the, I mean, you can kind of tell from the beginning, at least I thought it was fairly predictable that this is where they were going, that the murder of Edwin, Edward Wayne Brady by saying he's fit for the death penalty is the last murder that the, that the doctor will commit. And that's what's foretold by Nefarious, the demon. Um, and that's the conflict and everything that goes on. Anything to add? Anything that I forgot? In no, there? no. I, uh, <clears throat> I mean, outside of just going into a little bit more detail, I would, I would say no. I think you pretty much nailed it. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. the doctor coming to coming uh, into conflict with a physical and spiritual reality that he does not believe in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the entire conflict is you have a demon confronting a man who thinks demons aren't real. And that's that's really the central conflict of everything that's going on in the movie, all of the conversation. Um, and the demon process. Yeah. And more of that and more more on that, like a little bit deeper is the demon is saying that essentially what the Bible teaches is true. Mm-hmm. But so he, he doesn't, it. and that he hates it. Yeah, you know the carpenter. Yep, he calls Jesus the carpenter. Yep. So, yep. which I thought was awesome. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. So, what were um, what were the three murders? That okay, he was so the three murders. Saying? There was a- you the at the very end. Uh, Edward Ed was it Edward or Edwin? Yeah. Edward Wayne. Edward. <clears throat> Edward uh Edward Brady um is put to death at the end um he uh and his, so you you come to find out throughout the story that uh Dr. Martin and his uh girlfriend I believe or fiance uh have an abortion so that's the second murder and help me out with the third one the the is it his mom yeah, assisted his suicide. His mom, right? Yeah, assisted suicide because yep. it was uh it was um like uh she was older, right? And she was in pain and mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yep. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So now that that so yeah, so those are the three murders and that's kind of that also kind of represents the three um the three acts of the movie too. Like if you were to, you know, movies typically have a three act structure. So in act one, the murder that is taking center stage is the assisted suicide one. And then act two is the abortion. And then act three is the death penalty. That's right. Right. So that it kind of, those three things create the entire structure of the movie. And the, so in act one, the central conflict is, was that murder or was that not murder? And obviously Dr. James Martin is like, no, this was perfectly fine, right? There was nothing wrong with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of, and then it goes, same with the abortion, and then eventually um, the death penalty or the condemning him to die as well. But um, so that creates the structure. For, so for so you, 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 you kind of started off on a, like a morality claim there where he, where Dr. James Martin was saying, there's nothing wrong with me putting my mother out of misery and assisting her to die. 
That's that seems very different than the claim that someone's on death death row and you sign off on their sanity to allow them to be put to death for the crimes they committed. <clears throat> the death penalty is a just form of penalty if your crimes have been proven beyond a reasonable doubt, you've had due process, all of these things, right? But I think the point of Nefarious's, I guess Nefarious's point was that Ed, Edward Wayne Brady was innocent because Nefarious was the guilty one. And signing off on it and not believing the demon, not believing Nefarious, put the blame on Edward Wayne Brady's uh, plate, and it was a bad judgment to sign off on that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but then, yeah, definitely. And then to add to that, he signs off on it out of anger. Out of anger. Not yep. because, it's not because he wants to, it's not out of justice. It's out of right. pure hatred and anger. And go away. I want this out of my life. Kill. No, yeah. Right. Yeah, I want this to go away. Right. It's the selfishness and the selfish desire to see this go away. And Edward Wayne Brady is just a pawn in that from both the main character and from the demon. Right. So he's just kind of there, and no one is recognizing his his humanity at all. It's just right. the therapist wants what he wants, the demon wants what he wants, which is to get to the therapist, and that's and that's how it is. Edward Wayne Brady is just a pawn um, in that situation. Yeah, man. Anything else? So, what do you think of? So, usually, usually Christian movies, at least in my opinion, we've had a conversation about this before. But in my opinion, usually Christian movies are not good. They are they are not well made, and the acting is terrible. So that's just kind of a general opinion of mine of what I've seen, um, with some exceptions. You know, I would say Jesus Revolution was an exception, and um, there are others. Um, so what did you think of, like, the way this movie was made? The quality of this movie, things like the acting, the, you know, the, the filming, and all, all, all those various things. I thought it was, I thought it was on par with any other movie. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely better. It's definitely better than Batman Begins. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, now no. you're just messing around. Yeah, that's not even a serious statement. Yeah. Okay. So. <clears throat> no, yeah, uh, that was just that was yeah. just to get back at you for your uh, your subtle dig at uh, Christian movies. No, I would agree with you. I think Christian music movies are ninety percent bad, but I think this one. I think the guy that played Nefarious and Edward Wayne Brady. I, I think he did well enough to deserve an award. Yeah. Some the flip type of between the two. Unreal. Like the flipping between the two characters is, is incredible. Like I thought one he moment did. he's in yeah. tears, and then the next he's this evil 
yeah. demon. And like, it, yeah, I thought it was job. on par. Very, I mean, I, I I thought it was on par with uh, James McAvoy when he was in when he did Split. And the only reason Which why I've seen think, Split, and and the only reason why I think uh, James McAvoy did better was because instead of two people, he had to play like seven. So and and yeah. in and out and little boy versus you know a woman and like just all the different personalities that you have to play to be able to do that <clears throat> unreal absolutely unreal so no I I think that the acting the cinematography the screenplay I thought it was I thought it was really good mm-hmm. uh, up yeah. until the very end <laughs> yeah. Up until the very end, where a Christian movie is going to yeah. Christian movie. Yeah, it was it was awful. It was so it was bad. The, worst. the ending was it the was worst so bad. part. So bad. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I don't even know where to go with it. It was bad. It, it almost really, ruined where, this the is where we go. Of the entire movie. That's exact. That's one hundred percent accurate. What you need to do for those of you guys that have not that are listening that have not watched this movie, as soon as the screen goes black towards the end of the movie. Hit pause and be done. Yeah, that's how you if should watch it on a disc. Eject it if it's on streaming. Yep. Exit out of the streaming service. Yep, that's right. Don't let it go any further. As soon as the as soon yeah. as you hear the screen go black and a gun go off, end the movie. Don't watch end anymore. End the movie. Yeah, end the movie because after there. that, after that, you get stereotypical Christian cheese ball fest, and it's yep. awful. It's awful. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely true. And if someone like Christopher Nolan was the one directing this movie, it would have ended there. It would have. Right. It would it would have absolutely ended at that point because there's there's still questions left, right? You have to mm-hmm. well, what actually happened? Would you know how did, did he survive? Did everything work out? You don't know. And don't that's know. where the movie should have ended, is with those questions, rather than bringing it back to where they did, which um so the, the fir- they bring it back to a scene, an interview on Glenn Beck's TV show, um, which is maybe something we'll talk about in a second, which is just a cheesy, absolutely cheesy interview, in my opinion, just didn't add to the movie whatsoever. And then when um, Dr. James Martin walks out of that interview, there's this random old demon-possessed lady who's now possessed by Nefarious, and it ends with, I don't even know what, does he say his name? Say the doctor's name? Is that how? I think. Did? Yeah, I think he says something like "Hey, he says something, Doctor Martin" or something like that. It was. It, is it was terrible. so bad. It was terrible. So bad. It's a completely, Man. completely different tone. Completely, it's like, it's like they filmed the movie, ended it where the screen went black, and then some, um, some overly Christian person said, "I don't think people will get it." I don't think I don't think they're going to understand this. <laughs> That's I think so we got to I think we got to add we have to add these this next part so that people really understand so that they really and maybe it was yeah. genuine and trying to make maybe they thought it was going to be better but it just it ruined the entire thing. Um Yeah, I I won't I probably won't even watch the movie again. And I I really enjoyed it. I was really into it up to up to that point. I was getting, I, I you know, totally like just it, throwing it, me in. Yep. Yep. You're right. I agree. I don't, 100%. Yeah, I don't even think I, I saw it. that. And then I was like, Oh, come on. That was exactly what yep. I said. I was like in it. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is insane. And then I saw Glenn Beck and I was like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Why? Why? Yeah. You gotta be kidding hey, me. Glenn, talk show. Yeah. 
yeah I, I don't know i don't know why they felt like oh they needed to go to a talk show um i i i don't know if it was you that told me or someone else that told me glenn beck might have been one of the producers yeah i think so he maybe, was i think he was something in there i think they had a budget of around like i need to be in this or movie. Something. yeah yeah and i think that like i guess the nature of the plot was that you know what we haven't talked about a little bit more is that the whole point that nefarious was revealing himself to and using Dr. James Martin was because he had his own manifesto and nefarious was mm-hmm. jealous of the carpenter. And for those that are listening, uh, audio only, I'm air quotes, the carpenter Jesus, uh, he's, he's jealous that the carpenter has his own book and nefarious doesn't have his own book and he's using dr james martin who's in a position of authority because he's a doctor in psychology or whatever he was uh to write nefarious's write and publish nefarious's manifesto to combat the bible and and because of that through the experience that dr james martin at the end of the movie what nick and i are uh not pulling any punches on are that Dr. James Martin writes the book, but different than Nefarious wants him to write it. Nefarious wants... It's a warning. It's a, it's, yeah, Nefarious wants Dr. James Martin to write it as a, as a fear tactic to get people to be more afraid, um, in a way. And then Dr. James Martin actually, because of what he went through writes it as a warning to people that this is real and you need to be careful and cautious. But he goes on a book tour and he ends up on Glenn Beck's night show. Or Christians whatever. are always going on book tours. Oh my what gosh. What is it? And, uh, and you know, James Martin says that he's not a Christian. He's just searching. And there's this lovey dovey moment between him and Glenn Beck on the show. And it's just, it's just not needed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not needed. And then, you know, I'm going to jump into that Glenn Beck thing. It's kind of, it kind of counteracts everything that came before it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be overly mean or, um, insulting of Glenn Beck. Um, but maybe, maybe people know this and maybe they don't, but, he's a professing Mormon. So like, here's this movie where you're, you're presenting all of these arguments against things like assisted suicide, abortion, and the unjust, um, execution of a criminal, like all these arguments against this. And then the, the demon is expressing his hatred of, of Jesus using the phrase the carpenter and you have Dr. James Martin the main character undergoing this journey to finding out that all of this is real as stated in the word of God and he doesn't believe yet but then now he's here at this talk show and the mormon is the one encouraging him on to faith in a christian production like to have to put a, a professing Mormon into that position, to me, undermines the entire journey. It does. Because Mormonism is not Christianity. They are not one and the same. If you are Mormon, you are not Christian. 
They believe in a false Christ that isn't that isn't the real Christ, and so to put him in that position um, is just it just undermines everything. So that's one element of you know obviously the cheesiness and things like that really ruin it. But even but then that also adds to the fact that this was just unnecessary and it didn't need to happen. I don't understand why you would give the spiritual not just moral or ethical high ground. That's not you know. Lots of people have good morals and can do good things. They might not have a grounding or foundation for those things, but they do have um, good morals and things. So I wouldn't even I wouldn't be upset if it was just like a moral high ground. But you're giving Glenn Beck in this story at the end, you're giving him a spiritual high ground mm-hmm. of being the one to encourage that other person onto faith. And I think that's just a dangerous way to go about it. If you're gonna if you're gonna Christianize the movie at the end, then I don't think the best way to do that is with the Mormon yeah. who helped fund yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So because I mean, because and, and your point yeah. being, just just for clarity here, for those that may not know, your point being that Glenn Beck, a Mormon who believes that Satan is Jesus's brother, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is telling the main character to go pursue a religion that doesn't believe that Satan is Jesus's brother. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they aren't even, um, they aren't even that explicit about it though, because don't they just, doesn't Glenn Beck just ask him, are you a believer now? Yeah. They're not that explicit, but I'm saying what we know. In what? Right. 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 He doesn't ask. Yeah. For the movie's sake, you're, what you're saying is correct, but I'm talking about what we know. And the like, True. it would just be like I would not, as a Christian with money, going into a production. I would not sit there on like I think that would just be bizarre for one of us to sit and and put ourselves in Glenn Beck's position. But it be a Mormon movie. If it was, if it was just an interview, that's one thing. But the fact that it was a moment of encouraging encouraging this person on to belief, to believe in faith, undermines the Christian worldview that was presented previously in the film. Right. Um, when you put a Mormon in that position to do that. What do you think non-believers are going to say about this film? Just as a general, like, do you, have, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you think the film, I guess what I would say, fulfilled its purpose? like being a conversation starter, trying to not be a Christian movie, but a Christian movie? That's a good question. Um, depending on how anti-Christianity the person is, if, you know, if a person watches this as a non-believer, but, they, but they're open, you know, maybe they're more agnostic or they're more... Um, they don't have any harsh opposition to Christianity. I think they would probably um, get something out of the movie and they would enjoy it. Um, but I, I, I think there are probably quite a few people who went to this movie thinking they were getting like, you know, a toned down version of Exorcist and then probably felt, because of the presence of the ending, probably felt a bait and switch like they were manipulated into watching a Christian movie. Right. I, that would be what I think a lot of non-believers would probably feel. 
um, after watching this. Even if they enjoyed it up to that point, I think they probably would have felt that way. Um, and maybe even there are other parts where they would have felt that way. But I still think, yeah, it can still be a conversation starter. Um, and probably even even if a non-believer watching felt manipulated into watching a Christian movie, maybe they even still the the ideas and concepts that are presented would still probably serve to start a conversation of some kind. Right. Okay, so uh, I guess the only thing left to talk about is our favorite parts of the movie. If we have any theological disagreements, and that's about it. I think we've touched on everything else. Yeah. Um, I think the best part of the movie is the acting from um, from the guy that plays Edward Wayne Brady, who that actor is actually from the Boondock Saints. One That's of the right. characters from the Boondock Saints. Um and the scene where so there there's a there's a part of the movie where they ask him what he wants for his last meal. He says mm-hmm. a cheeseburger or, or I think that's what he says. And then later Nefarious takes him over again and then says he doesn't want anything. Just for the sheer enjoyment of torturing him, right? And then there's a point where right before he's going into the electric chair, um, because that's another way that the the demon was torturing him, was by choosing the electric chair. Um, Just before then, he's in his cell, and he's himself, just Edward Wayne Brady, in tears, terrified of the death penalty, terrified of what's coming, and he says, where's my cheeseburger? And he's like in tears, crying, and then the, um, the, uh, the officer says... You said you didn't want anything, right? And he just in that moment, the the absolute like loss of hope that's displayed by the actor there is just really good. Um, it's not a not a positive scene by any means, but I mean, it's hard to say that that's my favorite scene. But I just think it was so well done um, that that's the part of the movie that probably sticks out most to me. Yeah, that was that was one of my top scenes, uh, acting wise. Um, the abortion scene, uh, I think, was pretty eye opening. Where just the the sheer applause and celebratory nature, um. of of that happening um i think maybe that was the scene that you 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 would say was overacted a little bit but i i actually thought that was pretty good i i just the the sheer excitement to watch or to uh feel that evil happening i i thought was well done yeah i don't remember thinking that one was overacted um at all um but yeah i think that was a and that was kind of a that was a turning point in the story too that was very pivotal um to 
um, the doctor actually coming around to believing truth. But it was, at the exact same time, it was um, it was a point where his anger was really escalating towards nefarious too, which ultimately brought about his decision. But um, but yeah, I agree with that. Um, and then just a couple biblical, you know, in terms of theology about demons and things like that. I think generally, the kind of th- the kind of things that were presented in the film are true. So, like for example, demons torturing their host um, in Mark five five, uh, Mark chapter five, but then specifically verse five. It's the story of a demon possessed man, um, and I'll, I'll read a little bit more than just verse five. But it says so. Starting in verse one, it says they came to the other side of the sea to the country of. Gerasenes, and Jesus had stepped out of the boat immediately. There met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, um, but he wrenched the chains apart and broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs, and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. So, like this demon-led action to harm um, himself, just like we see nefarious do to Edward Wayne Brady in the movie. Um, demons offering wealth and prosperity. We actually, when Jesus is tempted, that's one of the very things that Satan offers um, to Jesus during that period of time when Jesus is being tempted by the devil. Um, and then. My only other observation beyond those two things is just kind of sitting there realizing that in this story, the guy we're rooting for is the one who believes all the wrong things, and the demon we're rooting against is the one who believes all the right things. Right. It's just a weird, very weird position. And it's interesting. Um but the demon is the one presenting all of the right moral things, even though professing that he hates all of those things. He hates that those things are true, but um, it's just weird, kind of a weird situation to be in. I don't know what you thought about that. But that's why the movie's good. Yeah. Up yeah, until. Absolutely. Up until the end. Yeah. <laughs> up until the, up end. Until the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. That's all I got for this one. But Nefarious, if you guys haven't uh, watched it, go check it out. Just remember, uh, it's only watch well approved up until the scene, the screen goes black and the gun goes off. Up until then, you're on your own. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, share this episode, and um, you know, send your favorite episode to a friend. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and be on the lookout for more. Watch well content, more uh, uh, videos, uh, just so you guys are in the loop. If you are listening and you want more content, the first and third Friday of each month is when you're going to get a new movie review. And uh, if you want to head on over to the YouTube channel, we're going to chop up uh, a lot of the podcast episodes and make them uh, smaller clips so it's easier to watch. Um, You don't have to sit down and watch the entire uh, 45 minute to hour and 20 minute episode. You can, you can get some of the topics, individual bite-sized pieces, um, at your own convenience. So check out the YouTube channel for that and we'll see you in the next one.